1: We return to Oilers
0: Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America-wide?
1: Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 k Wisconsin field to
0: today's show. We talked about uh, the man who was involved in the S- Staples game, 1977, the Great Cup, then with the Montreal Alouettes, now with the Green Bay Packers, Red Batty. He actually is uh, friends with our trivia answer today, which ties into our next guest. The question I asked is, who is Dylan Holloway's head coach at Wisconsin? Brendan Escott, what was the answer? The answer is uh, Tony Granato and our first caller, John G. out of Camrose, knew that one. I knew that was way too easy of a question uh, we go to our owners now headliner for touchback safety stay safe on the job while saving time and money with an all-new blended learning courses from touchback safety discover your safety training solutions today at touchbacksafety.com we welcome back to the show edmonton Oilers first round draft choice from 2020 nhl entry draft and a member of team canada for the upcoming world junior championship which will play play it at roger's place in the bubble we welcome back dylan holloway hi dylan it's bob how you doing good how are you doing good how's sittings over at uh, the jw marriott got oh, a good view you got,
2: you got a good view up there yeah i do actually i got a nice view of rogers place right now uh this is a really nice hotel so things are going really good
0: all right i know you guys did a lot of unique things uh how did they tell you that you'd made team canada
2: Um, it was actually pretty cool. They, they, uh, so we played the game that night and then the next morning, uh, they came by our rooms, uh, and then they actually had my, they had my mom on FaceTime. So I opened the door and there's, uh, 14 Canada staff. And then, uh, my mom was on FaceTime. My mom told me the news that I made the team. So it was pretty cool.
0: Uh, Dylan, it's interesting because you guys were hope, uh, supposed to have a series of games, uh, including against the Alberta Golden Bears, who beat Team Canada the only time they ever played them. Uh, but uh, those games all got canceled. Was it, is there any way to express what it was like spending 14 games, uh, quarantined after your group got shut down there?
2: Um yeah obviously it wasn't it wasn't ideal but uh hockey Canada actually did a good job of keeping us uh keeping us busy and we had like team workouts and stuff so it actually, wasn't two days in a hotel is was, was a long time so we definitely were excited to get out of quarantine
0: Just so you know in 12 13 we had a 17 day road trip with the orders where we had nine road games in a row uh so the, you know but it wasn't in the same hotel and it it, <laughs> it was in the NHL and you know what the NHL stands for Dylan right Yeah yeah the, the never hungry league and believe me the broadcasters live up to that uh so, so you spent all this time where you were like i think most of us thought you were yeah you know, i know craig button had expressed you were in a, in a good spot but do you worry about making the right sort of uh, impression on hockey canada to be on the team
2: yeah, well, definitely, I think it definitely plays a little bit of a part in your mind when you're quarantined for 14 days. You know, uh, you wish you had that time to be able to go on the ice and show them what you what you can do. Um, but I think with Hockey Canada, their scouting staff go uh, to a lot of measures to see everybody play, so I think they're pretty comfortable with everybody and what everybody can bring to the table before going into camp. Um, so I think uh, that's what they had to rely on. And um, but yeah, d- definitely, 14 days is kind of a long time, and you kind of worry. About about that a little bit, but I'm just happy that I made the team.
0: Dylan Holloway joining us. Soilers first round draft choice, member of Team Canada for the upcoming World Juniors. Did they just talk to you about sort of role clarity in terms of, you know, what they want you to do?
2: Um, yeah, a little bit. I think uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure what exactly uh, the lines are, but I think with my line with uh, Newhook and Peltier we played together at camp, and I think they're going to keep us together for the first part of the tournament. Or uh, So I think we're going to be kind of like a shutdown line uh potentially going up against uh, the top lines on other teams, and then I'll also be a penalty killer for Team Canada.
0: Look, you play in the NCAA, you play at a powerhouse school, albeit had a bit of a challenging year last year, off to a better start this year. You're used to big crowds and things being nuts, and then the Team Canada experience is always like that in Canada. But this is going to be different, because you're going to be playing in an empty building. How much of this is going to be about the energy each of the individual players brings? Because you're not going to have that artificial energy being pumped in.
2: Yeah, I know. Uh it's definitely gonna be very different. Uh growing up watching World Juniors, especially in Canada, it's a crazy atmosphere so uh it's I don't know. It's going to be a lot like a lot different now that we don't, we're not going to have that. Uh, but I know there's going to be a lot of fans all over, uh, all over Canada watching. So um, yeah, and like I said earlier, I think that uh, because it's been a dream since I was like a little kid playing in this tournament, everybody on the team feels the same way. I think we know like what this tournament stands for and how big of a deal this tournament is. So I think uh, we're going to create our own energy before the games.
0: Dylan, uh, you mentioned growing up watching Team Canada in the World Junior. Do you have a specific memory that stands out?
2: Uh, I do, actually. I think it was in uh, 2009 uh, when Jordan Eberle scored uh, the tying goal against the Russians in the semifinal with like four seconds left. That was one of the craziest moments I've ever uh, watched of Team Canada.
0: 2010 was in Saskatoon, and the Oilers were playing that night, and we were broadcasting the game. And they put uh, Canada against the U.S. on the gold medal game, on mm-hmm. the big on the big screen scoreboard, while the game was going on for the Oilers at the same time. Uh, I, I I was having challenges f- uh, focusing on the Oilers game. I'll be honest. And and Jor- Jordan scored two goals in that game as well, so he was he was quite the hero uh, for for Team Canada that year. Tell me a bit about just your team. I mean, twenty first round. You guys got a lot of talent with this group, don't you?
2: Yeah, we do. It's definitely a very special team. Like like you said, 20 out of 22 skaters are first-round picks, so uh, there's definitely a lot of talent. I think, uh, like what you expect for the team is obviously a lot of skill, but I think uh, everyone works tremendously hard too. So
0: you're not going to have the fans you're uh i'm going to assume your 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 parents aren't in town i like you, you, you're I mean, you you might be a little different because it's just to drive up the highway but for a lot of the guys it's an atypical experience because it'd be guaranteed to have that so does it make the team closer when you guys are spending this much time together and it's there's there's sort of no outside noise really
2: Yeah, I think it does, actually. I think the big thing that brings the team together is like adversity and uh, the little adversity we had in camp with the 14-day quarantine. I think that brought the team together because we all went through that together and we're all on Zoom together throughout those whole, whole days. So I think spending this much time with the team definitely does make the team a little closer.
0: Dylan, we wish you the best of luck. Get after it. Go get the gold, man.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate it.
0: All right, that is Dylan Holloway. And, again, he is our Oilers Now headliner brought to you by Touchback Safety. Stay safe in the job while saving time and money with the all-new blended learning courses for Touchback Safety. Discover your safety training uh, solutions today at touchbacksafety.com. Of course. Most days you can text us at 780-496-0063, Ashley Fine-Floor's text line. Full disclosure, uh, we're having a minor technical difficulty with the text messaging system today. But I do remember, uh, obviously, the Everleigh goal in Ottawa against... Uh, against the russians to tie the game but then the next year in the uh, saskatoon eberle was off the charts as well <laughs> and we were jack actually was that, that was 2010 uh that would have been actually rod's last year and uh it was uh it was craziness at rexall place at that time uh we will uh take a quick timeout, uh but not before i tell you the royal pizza pizza passed in so much more Edmonton-owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation, Mediterranean Chicken. Brendan Escott's recommendation, The Texan. And when we come back, we'll go to Saskatoon and hook up with Oilers uh, television analyst, Drew Remenda. <laughs>
2: Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on 630 Chet.
0: Thank you, Connor. Welcome back. Bob Stauffer, Oilers Now. 143 at Edmonton. Let's go to Saskatoon. Pleased to welcome back to the show, part of uh, Sports Sense television broadcast, Drew Remenda. Hello, Drew. How are you? good, Robert. How are you? Good. Can you either confirm or deny that Dave uh, – we know that Dave Adolph has uh, stepped down as a head coach of the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. Yes. I saw I saw somebody out of Saskatoon suggest that Mike Babcock. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard
1: that too. I've heard that one too. Like, oh, really? that.
0: like what? Yeah, he's Dave not going to was- go back to the <laughs> NHL? He's going to coach at the U of S for 100 yeah. a year? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah
1: know um dave was asked about that as a matter of fact and dave went uh, i think he's got other options <laughs> um mike is actually he's uh he's a consultant now with what university of um somewhere in the states he's he's consulting i think it's with todd Woodcraft's team in um in the u.s virginia no i can't remember now
0: vermont I, 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 you're thinking vermont. 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 Vermont.
1: vermont vermont. vermont. thank you yes Vermont. good job brendan. Oh, nice pickup yeah way to go brendan is right yeah um, help the old guys Brandon that's a good job man when the memory fails. <laughs> 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 but no, I think Babs is Plus I think Babs has got uh, I think he's okay money wise with um, I think Toronto's still paying him like I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> uh
0: realistically uh, cuz you know him, does he not yeah. make does he not make sense in Seattle?
1: Oh 100%. I hey, listen, I'm biased. I've known the guy for a long time and, and we're I would call us friends and I think he would too. Um without a doubt he does. Sure he does. saw does as yeah. Gerard Galant though.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah. But different coaches, I mean, I'd say that uh a player's coach that's maybe not the strongest technically. And in time, at times, his teams sort of drop off in terms of the structure in their game. In Babcock's case, when he was at Lethbridge, Drew, with the Pronghorns, he was a player's coach that was always strong technically. And obviously there's people that feel that he's, you know, not that guy. Now it's just a real interesting one for me. I mean, i I I know I've spoken to people in, in Seattle's organization. I'm like, you're crazy if you don't consider this guy is like right at the top of the list for the job. You know, stuff happens. People learn from them. Let's go. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, exactly, 100%. You know, I don't think any man can be defined by by one act. You know, I think you have to look at the whole of the person and the whole of, the, of what he's done known in his life uh, yes. to define what kind of person or character he has. And Mike has, in my opinion, the utmost in character. All
0: right, uh, that's. Uh, I, I don't know if you heard Mark Spector earlier on. Today. We're, yep. Okay, we're talking a bit about. What, I'm going to first question I have for you. Where would you play Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Would you play him with Connor McDavid or would you play him with Dry Settle?
1: I playing with Leon and Kyler. I remember. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I remember what you told me when um, we we're, were on together and um, after the Chicago play-in, and the, the amount of. Um, success the Oilers had as a team when Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Draisaitl, and Kyler Yamamoto together. What they did as a line, which led to the successes, success of the team, I can't remember the stat, but it was it was astronomical as far as wow, that's a key to their success and a foundation they can build on. And we understand, we all understand what the, why the, Ryan was why, why that line was broken up. We understand what Dave was, Dave Tibble was trying to do, but I think when you look at the evidence that you gave, it's, it's it's hard to
0: ignore that it was statistically overwhelming in terms of yeah. uh, the the metrics that were there basically i think the big and i i think i got a credit darcy mcleod aka wood guy because he broke it down in goal share and it was just obscene so you've coached before so i'm going to put this you're you're a coach you're preparing to play the edmonton oilers my theory is wherever nugent hopkins goes that's the oilers first line but if nugent hopkins is with leon drysettle who do you play your best defensive pairing against? Do you play them against Dry Settle, line Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto, or do you play your best defensive pairing against Connor McDavid?
1: Connor. Yeah, that might be. I would would agree with you. Ryan Hughes, Hopkins, Leon Dreisaitl, Kyrie Yamamoto, with what they did last year, would have been the number one line for the Edmonton Oilers. But the number one player for the Edmonton Oilers is Connor McDavid. And Connor McDavid is so explosive and so has the ability to game break. He has the ability to change a game in an instant that I would want to guard against that. I would put my second combination against... um, Leon's line, but I'd also try to get my best defensive forwards out against Leon's line. Against Connor, I would need to put my top defensive guys out there, my two guys on the point, because, as I said, he's a game breaker that can change the game in an instant because of his speed, his, his ability to attack, his, his, how he sees the ice, how he gets to the net. The one thing that we always say, well, I don't think, I think we take for granted now regarding Connor is how often he takes the puck to the net. There are a lot of guys who will drive wide but very few guys have the ability, the courage, the, the vision, the timing to take the puck driving wide and cut it into the net and then make something happen there.
0: We're joined right now by Drew Romano from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you in the now. So you're going to put R&H with Drysdale and Yamamoto. Who is the best fit at left wing with Connor McDavid?
1: See, I think you, you brought it up with Mark, and I think that name we should pay attention to is Dominic Cahoon. When he was playing at his best in Chicago, he didn't get a chance in Pittsburgh or in Buffalo, really, play with top guys. He played for the most part with Alex Debrinket and Jonathan Tapes, and he was quite successful. Now he's a little bit more of a playmaker Um, than a goal scorer. But if you watch a lot of his goals where he scored with Chicago, he was right in deep, right around the net. And he's got a good set of hands. He can knock stuff out of the air. He's good in tight, get stuff up quickly. Um, And he's got some courage. Even though he's a little undersized, he didn't mind going into those hard areas to score the goals. So I like the look of Dominic Cahoon there. I think he's got the, he's a good skater. He's got the playmaking ability. He's got the he's got the courage, as I said. He's a little undersized, but that doesn't seem to affect him. Um, and I think if you put him with Connor, I think that, that that would really be a compliment to him.
0: It's interesting because we had Michael Rupp right after the Oilers signed Cahoon in early November. We had Michael Rupp on the show, and as you know, he follows the Penguins. And he was yeah. like he was like Bob Cahoon had something going with Malcolm. and then they traded him. And then yeah. Melkin never found that fit again with somebody else as effective as it was with Cahun. I was wondering about James Neal because you know, he we both know he had he had a couple lower body issues last year that affected yeah. his and he and he was better in the playoff, in the play in series. What do you do with James Neal?
1: I'm I gotta come clean here. I love James Neal. I love the person. I like the juice that he brought. I've liked him since he was in Dallas as a kid. And I like a guy who puts points on the board. And I always thought he was a playoff performer. I would put him with Connor. I, I want to go back to what you talked about, um, about Jesse, about playing 15, 20 games out. I coached in Missouri. So I'm kind of from the show me state. He, he I, I agree with you. He's got to show that he can play yep. those top line minutes and, and, and perform and mesh with those guys, the top line guys. So I'm with you there. I know James doesn't have the speed, but in the words of the great Connor McGregor, another great Connor um, accuracy beats um, accuracy beats speed and sorry timing beats speed and accuracy beats power that's a, that was that was the quote after he knocked out Jose Aldo Jose Aldo um, James has timing he's like Joe Thornton to me Joe Thornton doesn't get up and down the ice anymore with with great. Um, timing or great speed but he gets there at the right time and james neal has the ability to do that so you've got a couple of good playmakers in connor and Cahoon on on the left side and center and then james knows how to get to the right spot at the right time plus he gives a little extra juice Mm -hmm. he he's, he's got that he's got that little edge to him and i i like that from james now again i'm totally biased when it comes to James. i love the guy but that's why I'd like to see him to take a shot with Connor because with with top players he puts the puck in the net.
0: So you would play him at right wing, have Kahun at left wing, and have Connor at center. That moves Cassian down. Uh, yeah. We know Yamamoto is going to play second line right wing. Where does you want to keep Paul Yarby in the lineup? Where does Cassian and Archibald play?
1: Well, that's a great that's a great question, and I, I don't know the answer to that. I think I think Cass Cass is a better top line player than a bottom a line player like I think he's he gets more juice and I think your your point is really well taken he does feed off the crowd when no um, question. when he's playing no, question, question. Without a doubt. no question and the t- yeah. and the team feeds off of him too when when he he feeds off the crowd and the team feeds off of him he he I think that's a really good point um I, again again I'll be I'll, I'll be honest with yeshi I I really need to see yeshi show me something I really do um before I, I start throwing want to throw him in big minutes but I think I think Zach could play with tourists but he'd be fine with Jujar. And Alex, is, as you said with Alex, I think Alex gets underutilized, but he's really good in the power play in that, in that second power play unit. Um, I think that you're going to see a, a little rotation of guys. I think Jesse and Zach are going to be moving up. And, and Archibald is such a, um, a Swiss Army knife type of player that I think you can plug him and play him anywhere you put him.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh it's an interesting one for the oilers in terms of the options they have forward. Is it inevitable because they've got let's face it, they've got an extra forward or two. Is it yeah. inevitable that maybe a smaller trade happens where a guy maybe in the last year of his deal gets moved for a guy a defenseman that's maybe in the last year of his deal? We're talking, you know, both below say two point five million dollars in price point. Does that kind of deal make sense?
1: Does make sense? Yeah. In a 48 game schedule, though, you know how close these games come together. We went through this before. When I went through when I was coaching before. Right. That those games those games come quick and guys fall off and you want to keep guys as many guys and as have much depth as possible. And we know from the Red Wing teams that Ken Holland had, he had depth, man. Oh, he yeah. could pluck and play guys without a doubt. And that's why you're, you're that's why Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson are so important if, if the AHL gets going, they're able to continue to develop guys. But um, I think it makes sense and you can never have too many defensemen, but I would like to keep as many of those forwards around. The one thing now, they're enjoying depth at, at the forward position. You talked about it with Mark, you've talked about it since they made the additions that This is a much better forward group than they've had in a recent number of years. In fact, quite a few years. So I'm not sure how much I'd want to mess with it. I think we're going to have to see how certain guys are going to fit in, like the FC, like Zach. Can he play a consistent game? And, and without without fans there, um, you know, can Tyler Ennis be a guy that's that little spark plug that we like and move up and down? How how offensive can Kyle Turris be? Can can Kyle maybe get up and play a different side? Maybe play the left uh, the left side when guys are dropping off, and you've got to shorten your bench.
0: It's funny you mention that. I had somebody ask me about that the other day in the, in the league. You know what? Just I know you guys got Cur- Terra slotted as third line center. That's where he's probably going to be this year. Doesn't necessarily mean he has to be there long term. And I was like, hmm, that's an interesting comment to make. So I was I was intrigued on that one. Drew, we love having you on the show. Hope you're doing well in Saskatoon. Are you the Forget next head coach? Of, are you the next head coach of the <laughs> Saskatchewan Huskies?
1: Again, I say it with pride, Bob, and you know it. I am part of the coaching staff that lost 100 games cooking in the history of the National Hockey League. My phone's not ringing too much for coaching jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, through. Take care, man what okay, buddy. You take care,
0: Phil. Bye. You bet. That is Drew Remendo from NHL Hockey on Rogers. It is 155 in Edmonton. Let's go to List day in Oilers history. It was a beauty back in 1984. Here's Brendan Escott. Wayne Gretzky scores five goals and adds an assist to register his 31st career hat trick in an 8-2 Oilers win over the Blues at the St. Louis Arena. Don Jackson, Rob Ramage had a, a tilt after a high hit midway through the second period in this one. Way to do some homework there. Uh, you know what Wayne said after that game? Actually, he didn't say that after that game, but he said years later. Should have had seven. Only had five. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Uh, Dave Campbell. Guest uh, pinch hitting for uh, Reed Wilkins. Reed's getting his holiday time in, I guess. Yeah, he's squeaking it in there. You're going to hear from Andrew Walker from uh, Sportsnet 650 down in Vancouver. Uh, Jamie Nye from CJME Radio in Regina for some CFL chat. Uh, we'll find out uh, more about uh, Sherwood Park's Chuba Hubbard deciding to shut down his season with Oklahoma State and declare for the NFL draft. Uh, we'll do that with uh, Oklahoma State Athletics beat writer for Tulsa World. That is Frank Bonner. All right. Uh, tomorrow Brian Lawton from the NHL Network David Staples from the Cult Hockey our NHL insider John Shannon with an update on NHL NHLPA conversations for our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling uh, for ongoing COVID-19 coverage they'll have it up next with 630 Chad's Afternoons with Jalen Nye after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell have a terrific Tuesday everybody Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad